0: You have a direct audience with Almighty God every time you come to pray. Now, how then do we prepare to pray? How can we learn this holy art of prayer? How can we pray better than we have been praying in the past?
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick. And Colin, I'm guessing almost all of us have asked those questions, so I'm hoping we'll get some answers today.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And in my heart, I really want to bring to you encouragement with regards to prayer. You know, the one thing that you don't need today is to be kind of beaten over the head with a stick and being told you should pray more, you should pray better, and all the rest of it. None of us really needs that. What we need is encouragement. all kinds of barriers that can hold you back from praying. You know, does God really want to hear me and I feel so unworthy anyway? And how much does he really know and understand or even care about all of this? I want to give to you today the strongest and warmest encouragement for you to come to God as you are and to know that he will hear you and that he will answer you. And the Bible is full of encouragement to prayer. So, we need it and let's get into it today. Well, we're in Hebrews chapter
1: 4 today as we continue our message, An Invitation to Enroll. Here's Colin.
0: How then do we prepare to pray? How can we learn this holy art of prayer? How can we pray better than we have been praying in the past? Well, the answer surely is that God has given to us in the Bible an entire book of prayers called the Psalms. There are 150 of them, and the reason that this book is in the Bible is that God has given us prayers to help us with our praying. Think of it this way, that the Psalms are a training manual for prayer. The Psalms give us model prayers for every circumstance of life, And they are all prayers, because they are Scripture, they are all prayers that have been breathed out by the Holy Spirit, so they show us how to pray in a way that is pleasing to God. And they are given to us for our use and for our instruction. And so, when I invite you to enroll with me in the school of prayer, I'm inviting us to immerse ourselves over time in the Psalms in order to improve the depth of our praying. And you will find in the book of Psalms model prayers, Holy Spirit-inspired prayers that are particularly adapted to every imaginable circumstance of life. And so, for example, as we move through this series, we're going to find from Psalm 10, how do you pray when the wicked seem to be winning, which is something we're talking about all the time these days. Darkness seems to be on the advance. How do you pray then? That's what Psalm 10 is all about. Psalm 11, how do you pray when you feel like giving up? There'll be a point in your life, and some of us may be close to that point, experiencing the difficulties, just the sheer fatigue and the pressure. Now, I I feel so exhausted. I feel like giving up. Psalm 11 speaks to that. Psalm 12, how do you pray when you're afraid for your children? How do you pray when you fear for your grandchildren? Oh, this world is going the wrong way. Psalm 12 is precisely adapted to that question praying for the young in an ungodly world. And Psalm 13 speaks directly to how you can pray when you're in an agony of soul, when you can hardly feel the presence of God at all. It's all there, and that's just four Psalms. So, we're going we're to take a little course in the school of prayer, and then in future years, God's willing, we'll come back and we, we'll take some more and just keep adding to what we are learning from this marvelous, marvelous gift that God has given to us, the training manual for prayer, the book of Psalms. Bonhoeffer says, if we are to pray aright, he says, perhaps it is quite necessary that we pray contrary to our own heart. In other words, if all you're thinking about prayer is just you pray what's in your heart, there will be times when you need to pray contrary to your own heart, and that's why you need the Bible. And he says, it is not what we want to pray that is important. What matters is what God wants us To pray. And then he has this wonderful comment it is the richness of God's word that should determine our prayers, not the poverty of our own heart. Isn't that helpful? I don't want my praying to be defined by the poverty of my own heart. I'm so aware of the poverty of my own heart, the often emptiness of my own heart. That's the limitation. If I only think that it's the pouring out of my heart, the heart's often empty. I want my prayer to be defined, not by the poverty of my own heart, but by the richness, says Bonhoeffer, of God's Word. Andrew Boner, Scottish pastor who I've quoted on a number of occasions, one of the most godly men of prayer, and yet his own critique of his prayer life is quite extraordinary. He writes in his diary of his prayer, I am too short, I ask too little with too much want of forethought, and too little meditation on the Scriptures. It was John Calvin, who in a very famous phrase, in a very wonderful phrase, described the book of Psalms as an anatomy of all the parts of the soul. Isn't that beautiful? Everything that can ever go on in a human soul, you'll find somewhere in the book of Psalms. It is an anatomy of all parts of the soul. And he says this, there is not an emotion of which anyone can be conscious that is not represented here as in a mirror. The Holy Spirit has here drawn together all the griefs, the sorrows, the fears, the doubts, the hopes, the cares, the perplexities, in short, all the distracting emotions that the minds of men and of women are want. To be agitated. Everything you experience, you'll find a way of praying through it somewhere in the book of Psalms. And so to immerse yourself in this book is going to be the number one way of developing the depth of your own praying. So, with great gladness, I'm inviting you, as it were, to enroll in the school of prayer as we uh, immerse ourselves in the Psalms so that we may grow in the depth. Of our
1: prayer. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. We've got to pause the message there briefly, but we'll come right back to it. The message is called An Invitation to Enroll, and it's part of our series, With Christ in the School of Prayer. And if you've missed any of the series, or if you want to go back and listen again, you can always do that by coming online to our website, openthebible.org.uk. There you can listen to any of the previously broadcast messages. Also on our website, you can find many of Pastor Colin Smith's sermons organised in four ways. By series, Colin preaches a whole series on a particular subject. By topic, with reference to individual scripture. And by date. This means that it's really easy to home in on any of the subjects, topics or scriptural references that you may be looking for. Go to openthebible.org.uk and click on the menu item, Sermons. You'll also find an online Bible study course entitled The Drive. This is a 30-session journey through the entire Bible and it will take you deep into the valleys of the Old Testament, the peaks of the glory of Jesus and the ups and downs of the Christian life. Again, that's The Drive and you can find it under the menu item Resources on the Open the Bible website, that's openthebible.org.uk Back to the message now. We're in Hebrews chapter 4. Here's Colin.
0: The series is called, not simply, The School of Prayer, which would be a good title for the Psalms. It's called, With Christ in the School of Prayer. With Christ in the School of Prayer. Think about this. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, in his growing up years, would have saturated his own mind in the Psalms. He would have known so much of that book ingested into his own memory, how much his own prayer life shaped by the prayers of the Psalms, so much so that in the moments of his extremity on the cross, in the last four words that were cried out from the cross, they all either directly quote or allude to the Psalms. The mind of Jesus saturated in the Psalms. And all Christian praying, Christian praying of the Psalms is through Jesus Christ and with Jesus Christ. And I just want to uh, conclude this morning with some simple observations that remind us that when we're in the school of prayer, we are with Christ. And let me give you these encouragements from uh, the ministry of Christ with regards to to prayer. Uh, Here's the first. Pray because Jesus is our great high priest. That's the argument of the Scriptures. We have a great high priest, Hebrews 4.14, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Therefore, verse 16, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. I don't know about you, but if I have to engage in a strategic conversation, I'm often, if it's appropriate, grateful to have someone with me who knows more about the subject or the environment or whatever it was. Remember when Moses had to go and speak with Pharaoh, and he says, who will go with me? And the Lord gives Aaron to go with him. And what was the role of Aaron in the Old Testament? The high priest. I'm going to give you a high priest who will help you, who will go with you. And now taking up that uh, story, here is the writer to the Hebrews saying, we have a great high priest, a far greater high priest than Aaron, but we have someone with us when we are speaking, not to Pharaoh, but to Almighty God. When you pray, by faith you ascend into heavenly places where Christ is. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and when you by faith pray, ascending by faith into the heavenly places, you are right next to Jesus Christ, and He is right next to you, and He is praying with you, the intercession of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? He's endorsing what you're saying, He's placing his name under what you are asking, like someone else alongside you making the case in an important meeting. A Christian never prays alone. You pray to the Father. You pray with the Son. You pray in the Holy Spirit. Again, Bonhoeffer is helpful here. Jesus Christ wants to pray with us, and he wants us to pray with him. So you can come to the Father. Here's a great encouragement to prayer. You can come to the Father with Jesus beside you, and He's there to support you in your prayer. He's there to back you up in what you are saying, to agree with your prayer, because He is making it His own. Pray because Jesus is your great high priest. Pray because Jesus knows what it's like. There's nothing you can ever bring to God in prayer that the Lord Jesus Christ does not already know absolutely and completely. We do not have, verse 15, a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, the one who's praying alongside you, the Son of God, the intercessor who prays with you and you pray with Him. He's been in a carpenter's shop. He's been by a grave site. He's seen evil and violence unleashed like no other. There's nothing that comes into experience in your life that He cannot relate to because He knows what life is. And this is our high priest, Pray because He's there at the right hand of the Father. What greater encouragement could there be? Pray because He absolutely knows and understands everything you're going through. He's been betrayed. He's known what it is to see someone He loved deeply go off. He's been through it all. There's nothing that you can bring that He's not going to relate to entirely, fully, and completely. And pray because God invites you to the throne of grace, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace, the writer to the Hebrews says. The throne of grace. John Bunyan has a wonderful phrase. He says, God has more than one throne. Beautiful. God has more thrones than one. Because you know what he's thinking of? He's thinking of the throne of judgment. How often would you want to pray if when you pray, God was seated on the throne of judgment? I don't want to come near there. I don't want to be judged every time I come praying. But in hearing prayer, God is seated on the throne of grace. God has more thrones than one, says Bunyan, and this is the great incentive that we have, that the Lord Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and the Father Himself next to the Son is by definition on the throne of grace, because those who come through the Son experience grace, stand in grace, are received with grace. Wonderful. Why would you not come and pray with such an invitation? It's wonderful. Number four, pray. Because in this way, you will receive help from God. You you come here, you're struggling in life, you say, I need help from God, I've come to church. Well, you come to church, the Bible is opened, and what are we being told? To receive help from God, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what are you going to do? You come to the throne of grace. That is how you receive help in time of need. And sometimes folks who will say, no, I'm a Christian, but God's not helping me. My first question is always, do you pray? Are you praying? Because this is how help is received. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. This is how help comes. This is the offer that Jesus Christ is holding before us, the invitation that is given to us today. Number five, pray because this was the practice of Jesus. You read it all through the Gospels. He goes away to a lonely place to pray. He's the Son of God, and He prays. If He does this, how much more do I need to do this? When he comes to the moments of extremity in his life, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays the same thing three times, we're told. So, there is a working through of this agony in the soul of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just, I've said the prayer, he comes back, and he comes back. And if the Son of God should have done that, why should I not do that also in the things that burden me most and lift them before God? as often as they weigh heavy upon my soul. Number six, pray because in this way you will guard against temptation. Very clear the teaching of Jesus. Watch and pray so that you will not enter into temptation. And it's very easy, isn't it, to slip into a lazy kind of Christianity in which one falls back into what we call, you know, a habitual sin, and we say, well, you know, there we are, gone and done it again, and and, well, thank God for grace, and, and therefore never really grow, never really change. You keep falling back into the same sin. Do you pray? When you fell back into that sin, was that a time when you could honestly say that you were praying, that you were watching? Let's be honest about this. There is sufficient grace for you to prevail in the hardest battles of your spiritual life, and they are to be found through Christ in watching and in praying. In these ways, you will be guarded against temptation. You will not fall into temptation. You will not be overcome. You will experience temptation. You will not be overcome by its power if you watch and pray, says Jesus. But without these two, of course, you're going to just keep falling back into the same old patterns. This is huge. And this is the invitation of God. There's grace. You can be different. But you need to learn to pray. And number seven, pray because when you seek Christ, you will find Him. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. It will be opened. And here's the great promise that encourages us to persevere. It's in the present continuous. Ask and go on asking. Seek, go on seeking. Knock, go on knocking, and you will find, you will receive. I end with this. In my reading this week, came across a, a wonderful piece, really, by a pastor by the name of Andrew Gray, again from centuries ago, And as he was encouraging his congregation to prayer, he just lifted his mind up to heaven, and he he asked the question, thinking about all that's up there in heaven, if heaven could be our counselor, if we could get all the wisdom from heaven, what would that wisdom be for living the Christian life here? And I'm just going to read this, and you'll help me with it because it has a rhythm and a repetition to it. Gray said this, now I think if Adam were going to give you counsel, it would be this, be much in prayer. If Moses and Aaron were going to give you counsel, it would be this, join with me, be much in prayer if David were going to give you counsel. Think about the lives of these people, you see. If David were going to give you counsel, it would be this, be much in prayer. Then he thinks about the whole scene in heaven. If the four beasts around the throne of God, they've seen all human history. If the four beasts around the throne of God were going to give you counsel, it would be this, be much in prayer. If the 24 elders around the throne of God were to give you counsel, it would be this, be much in prayer. If the angels that are standing on the sea of glass were going to give you counsel, it would be this, be much in prayer. Last one, and if all the spirits of just men and women made perfect, all who are home in glory could give you advice with regards to Living the Christian life, it would surely be this. Say it with me. Be much in prayer.
1: You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith, and I hope you found those seven encouragements to pray helpful. For many of us, our prayer life is not all we would want it to be. We want it to be more intimate, deeper. Our communication to God to come more naturally. We can learn to pray better, and this series might be a way for God to help you do that. If you can't always catch the broadcast, you can always go back and listen again online. Come to our website, that's openthebible.org.uk and you can catch any of the previously broadcast messages. Also on the website, you'll find Open the Bible Daily. That's a series of short two- to three-minute reflections based on Pastor Colin Smith's teaching and read in the UK by Sue McLeish. The Open the Bible Daily is based on the book of Deuteronomy. Sue, how do you think people will be blessed by Open the Bible Daily this month? As I feel, I've been blessed. It is a book that really grows on you. It's not a book that we tend to look at because it's so far back. But bringing it to us today and making it relevant, I mean, you can't help being blessed by it because there's something for all of us and something for every situation today in this world today. You can also find both Open the Bible Daily and the broadcast messages as podcasts, and you'll find those on your regular podcasting site or by following the link on the Open the Bible website. If you subscribe to the podcast, you'll receive regular updates. Search for Open the Bible UK on your regular podcasting site. Open the Bible is supported entirely by our listeners. That's people just like you. And if that's something you're considering, this month we have an offer for you. If you're able to set up a new payment to support the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'll send you a free gift. It's a book called The Christian Manifesto, and it's by
0: Alistair Begg. Colin, how might we benefit from reading this book? Well, the Christian Manifesto sets out what Jesus Christ calls us to. I mean, what are we to be in this world? What are we to promote in this world? What are we to do in this world? What are we for in this world? That's the heart of what Jesus is teaching us in the Sermon on the Mount, or in Luke's version, it's called the Sermon in the Plain. And Alistair draws out this teaching of Jesus in a wonderfully winsome And applied way, it's so practical, it's so full of grace, and it's so helpful and so encouraging. At its heart, what we're called to is a life in which we love those with whom we radically disagree, speak with gentleness and kindness at all times to all people, and to focus first on dealing with our own sins rather than with the sins of others. Now, that's very different from much of what we see around us. And yet it's the life that Jesus calls us to pursue. And in pursuing that life christians are going to shine like lights in the darkness that's around us
1: so alistair Begg's book the christian manifesto is our gift to you if you're able to set up a new payment this month in the amount of five pounds per month or more full details on our website you've been listening to open the bible with pastor colin smith i'm david pick and i very much hope we'll see you again next time If you share a problem with a friend over lunch, you can take an hour just telling the story. Perhaps you need to do the same with God. Find out why next time on Open the Bible.